May the words of my mouth and Avery's mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. It is my pleasure this evening to remind us that God's mercy and grace abound. And, it's a, and that's an important reminder that Paul gives us in this lesson this evening, especially in the midst of these uh, the wild times in which we live. Because grace and mercy abound, so does ministry. Ministry might have been changed a little bit or adapted a little bit, but the reality is, is that the church is here to continue its ministry because God's grace is a necessary thing for us to share with you, the people of God in our community. We do that in a lot of different ways at Christ Church. I'm always amazed by the missionaries around the world that we support, the outreach that we do, the young adult ministry that we have, the children's program that we have, and most importantly, this evening as we highlight our youth ministry. On the uh, eve of the pandemic, really it was this spring, we were desiring to call an assistant youth minister. So we put the word out and then the pandemic happened and we thought no one would ever show up at our door. And then we were given the name of Avery Moran. And on July 1st, he was called to be our, youth, our assistant youth minister. And this evening, we thought it would be a great opportunity for him to come and introduce himself to you and to share a little bit about his journey and the grace that abounds in his life. So please welcome Avery Moran. Come on down. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, they both did a really good job at uh, introducing me here, uh, but I'll also share uh, my side a little bit of how that happened. Um, so like you said, my name's Ava Moran. I started working here in July, uh, and it was a very, I was very thankful for the opportunity to work here, and I still am. Um, but so I had been working at this church that I'd grown up in, uh, in New Braunfels, Texas. I've been working there for three years, and I grew up there. Uh, and as this fire started to hit and all those things started to hit, I really started thinking about uh, switching it up, moving to a new place. Uh, and I prayed about it a lot, and I thought about it a lot. And this was maybe in June. And I said, okay, if I come to the realization now that I want to move, it probably won't be until like September or October because I doubt anywhere's hiring right now. So I put a message into my friend uh, who I work at the diocese with and I got the application for here within an hour of sending that message. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was like kind of a sign for me and it kind of startled me a little bit. Uh, but thank you guys so much for welcoming me into your community. Uh, but I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about not only how I got here physically tonight, uh, but also how I got here spiritually. Um, so I grew up Christian. I moved here from Sacramento, California when I was about 10 years old, and that was a weird transition to me. Uh, the story that I always tell people is my parents told me we were moving here, and I told them I didn't want to ride a horse to school because that was just what was going on in my mind um, because I was a 10-year-old kid. Um, but as a child, I remember going to church almost every Sunday. Uh, my mom making me go the days I didn't want to go. My mom going the days she might not want to go. I remember it being a very big emphasis when I was a kid. And that kind of carried on throughout high school. Uh, and I didn't really have this year where a lot of people seemed to lapse when they're in college. Uh, it was just something that carried on throughout time. Uh, and it was something that I had a very big importance on my entire life. 
Spiritually, I thought that I was doing incredibly well throughout college. I'm sure everyone in college kind of feels the same way at some point. Um, but I remember I decided to sign up and go work at this youth summer camp that's uh, maybe about an hour west of San Antonio. It's called Deer Creek. And when I got there, I thought I was just going to be this huge wealth of information to the other counselors and to the campers and all of that. Um, like I said, that was my uh, very weird, self-righteous 20-year-old mind. That was not what happened at all. I got there and I realized I knew almost nothing uh, close to what I thought I knew. Uh, it was a very weird feeling to me. It was like I showed up, and as soon as I showed up, uh, we're in these Bible studies, and I'm in these Bible studies that I feel like I can't even contribute in because I feel like I don't know what's happening here. Like, I hardly even know what they're talking about. Um, and I don't view this as a, as a fault of anyone's, really. Uh, it was just never something that I really let sink into myself. So we start doing these Bible studies, and we start having all of these questions from our campers, and it drove me kind of to want to learn more. And that was, that's kind of who I am as a person. I think that a lot of us can fall somewhere on the spectrum between there's people who are really good over here, uh, there's people that are really good at, I can just take this at face value because you told me to take it at face value and I trust you. Uh, and there's people like me who are over here uh, maybe unhealthily, unhealthily skeptic about certain things where it's like I want to know why, 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 why. Uh, and that why, 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 why was kind of where I got to in my faith life. So I start reading, uh, be it the Bible, I start reading the Bible daily. I start reading books from these big theological minds such as G.K. Chesterton and uh, N.T. Wright and all these people. And I start reading books by famous pastors, just really anyone who had ever written anything about spirituality or Christianity, I was willing to pick up and try and absorb it. Um, so this pursuit of knowledge was kind of set out around me, right? So as I search deep and I'm reading all these books, uh, I wanted to learn how to become a better Christian, uh, but at no point did I ever feel like all this knowledge that I was absorbing led me to becoming a better Christian. Um, it was this weird kind of turn of events. And I think the easiest way to explain it is that whenever we look at something like chemistry or like a hard science, we can look at it and I can ask a question and I get closer to the answer. Uh, a lot of times when we're talking about God and theology and all of those things, we can ask questions and it makes it, oh, that's so much bigger than I thought it was. This is such a bigger topic than on the surface. Um, so whenever you make that leap from here to here, instead of that, like, I need a little bit more information to go forward, it becomes, now I have five questions based off of that. Uh, and that really uh, led me down a lot of, spent a lot of time reading, a lot of time doing all of these things. And I, I loved all of that time, and I loved learning about all that. But like I said, you never, I never got to firm answers on anything. Uh, it feels like eventually we kind of loop back around to the concept of faith, uh, and that was hard for me to accept at first. Um, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of us to accept at certain times. Um, but like I was saying, that reading itself, I didn't feel like made me a better Christian or a better person. I felt like maybe uh, it made me like worse to hang around at, at like church parties and stuff like that, because I felt like I knew more than I actually did. Uh, but overall, I kind of felt the same. And I think this is actually really well summed up. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about it in his book, Mere Christianity, where he talks about kind of this paradox of Christianity where 
criticisms of it and people who are in it both can state that it's too childish while also being too complicated. Uh, that was, it's a really fascinating concept to me because you can, I have friends who aren't religious and they'll say, that just seems like really weird to me to just believe in that, but at the same time, if you try and explain things, it just becomes too complicated. Uh, and that is really kind of how our faith operates, right? Like it's, we're called to have this childlike faith, but at the same time, the answers get really complicated. And that can be really confusing to a lot of us. So here I am, 23 years old at the time, and I, I feel like I've gathered up all of this knowledge. I feel like I've gathered up, uh, not like to like, be like weird about it, right? Like I'm not trying to call myself a genius or anything. Like I'm still not that smart, obviously, right? So I'm trying to figure out all this stuff and I'm trying to figure out where does this knowledge intersect back uh, with what I believe? And this is kind of where I started to find my stride. Uh, it was around this time that I graduated from college. I started working with our college ministry program at the diocese and I also started working at this church in New Braunfels that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but it turns out that whenever I thought I'd be asked questions by these college-age students of, what is, when Jesus says X or Y, what does he mean by that? Uh, it really developed more into, what kind of spear do you think this guy was using? And it's like, oh, okay, I didn't expect you to do that. And then you're in this like weird 15-minute conversation about spears in the Bible, and it's like, I didn't, I didn't plan for that at all, actually. Um, but it felt like, all this stuff initially to me, it felt like, I was like, okay, so I just set out on this, like I said, I call it the quest for knowledge. Like, I set out for all this info and now people just wanna ask me like, what kind of spear is this person? Or what kind of bush was this? What, what kind of tree was, was Jesus like talking about here? It's like, all these questions are, I guess, like important to some people, right? Because that's why they're asking me. Uh, but to me, that was never what I wrapped my head around. So I'm still trying to figure all this out. And I, I learned that one of my strengths in ministry was taking these harder concepts and kind of simplifying them down. Uh, and so I went from trying to get people to ask me, what does Jesus mean when he says X, Y, and Z, to answering the spear question, and then trying to work with them past that, right? Work them through that. And I think that's a really, really valuable tool uh, in ministry, and it's definitely something that uh, is really useful for speaking with people and stuff like uh, in that regard in all of my jobs. And so I actually think Paul put this really well, kind of tying this all together. So I'm going to read real quick out of Philippians 3, is verses 7 through about 12. And he says, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. So I think this was the concept that I was missing. Uh, I think I was missing, in this kind of search for knowledge, I started to miss that faith element of it. Uh, and I think that Paul is pretty clear about it, and Jesus is pretty clear about it, that our, our faith is a very important component in all of this stuff. And in that search for knowledge, I kind of lost that source of faith. Does that mean that I regret reading or absorbing that knowledge? 
Absolutely not. I, I loved that search for knowledge. Uh, I just wish that I went about it a different way when I did. Uh, I think that knowledge is very valuable, but like Paul is saying here, it's less valuable without faith. He considers all other things rubbish without Christ and without faith. Uh, but I kind of like to sum it up how Chesterton says in The Everlasting Christ, there are two ways to get home. Uh, we can stay there or we can travel the whole world just to end back at the same place. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you.